Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. Today, we're visiting with Lindsay from lindsayrobin.com. Lindsay is a conscious living coach. Thanks so much for being here, Lindsay. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I work a lot with moms. My kind of background and how everything started with me was being a mom and falling apart. So my business focuses around helping moms to kind of take more time to put their lives back together in a way that's really intentional for themselves and that brings them a lot of joy and also allows them to be a really great mom. I love that. It's so important for moms, especially, you know, because the demands are so huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really easy to put everybody else in front of you, and that is a recipe for disaster in the long haul. Yes, yeah, exactly, because you can't show up for um, everybody the way that you want to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I always love that saying, you can't pour from an empty cup, mm-hmm. so fill yourself up first. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. you got to, yeah, you got to be there. you got to have the self-care. You've got to, you know, be aligned with what's going on for you. Um, and like you said, you kind of came to this through your own kind of transformation of, of motherhood, right? Yeah. And layered on top of motherhood, my first daughter has had a lot of kind of long-term behavioral and um just personality challenges, and we uh-huh. had a lot of issues um, just learning how to manage that and deal with that and take enough time for ourselves when we're trying to juggle all of that, too. So that was kind of layered in there. Motherhood is hard enough on its own, and then when you layer in additional challenges with kids who have additional challenges of their mm-hmm. own, then it just gets that much more complicated. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I know so many, you know, of our listeners are dealing with that because it's just like such a huge thing right now that so many kids do have different challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, we our our society as a whole just isn't as well, you know, as we as we would like to be. Yeah. And so a lot of moms, especially, you know, new moms, this is their first child. They don't know exactly what to expect and, and maybe they weren't so well um before they were pregnant and then it's just been compounded. Yeah. Um yeah. And then it's kind of a wild um thing to figure out on the fly. Yeah, I came in feeling so qualified and prepared because I've done so much like childcare and nannying and all of that. And it just blew me out of the water. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. That's kind of my background too, is I spent, you know, a lot of time nannying and, and, you know, always working in childcare, always, you know, being involved with that. And I mean, I see it with my clients now, like just, it just a 180. Mm -hmm. They just don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, especially if it's, you know, sometimes it's the second child. And so you've got one toddler maybe that you're chasing around already. Yep. And then, yeah, you're pregnant or dealing with a second with some, some different challenges. Yeah. So is that what brought you to kind of real food? I know you guys yeah. kind of do paleo and. Yeah, yeah, it definitely started. Um, so my older daughter, we struggled with her for a long time. And I mean, I fed her healthfully. We didn't do artificial colors or uh, a lot of things like we were already mm-hmm. kind of on the healthier end of like the normal scale mm-hmm. but then we kind of hit this point where um my daughter was in a Montessori school and they asked her to leave she essentially got kicked out of Montessori school which is practically unheard of and um I was like something's got to change 
we have to figure mm. something out. And so food was my first avenue that I dug into. And that's um, where I started kind of my personal exploration as well, because I started looking into food and then I started at Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of the beginning of my personal growth um, yeah. experience, too. You know, I find that so many people come to this line of work, you know, nutrition, coaching, you know, mindset, all of these things, they come through their own challenges and their own transformation. Yeah. Because once you kind of see the other side, you know, if you struggled and you, you know, like for me, it was chronic pain and, um, and all kinds of illness, fibromyalgia, migraines on and on. I've gone into it in the podcast before, but just so much sickness. And it was like, when I came out the other side, I wanted to like, you know, sing the gospel it was like hey like you don't have to live like that you know there's a shortcut like let's let's keep other people from going through that right yeah and there's just not that many messages that this isn't normal you know I mean people shouldn't have to go through these things and there's a reason for it and that also means that there's typically a, a way out yes I love that I love that if there's a way in there's probably a way out yeah yeah it's so true. You know, there's been a, a real normalization of sickness in our culture mm-hmm. because, yeah, I mean, because everybody is, right? Yeah. <laughs> and terrifying. so it is terrifying. And, um, yeah, because I'll talk to people, you know, especially as I was kind of, you know, eight years ago, like becoming a nutritional therapist, like all this, like, changing my life. I would talk to people and they would go, well, you know, everybody has high blood pressure and is pre-diabetic and is overweight and doesn't sleep well and has leg cramps. And, you know, I mean, it was like on and on and on. Right. And I'm thinking it doesn't have to be that way yeah, at all. And it shouldn't be that way. And, you know, a lot of people think, Oh, it's just X, right. Oh, it's just a little indigestion or it's just a little eczema or it's, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, that's what we see. That's what we experience. We don't even know how deep, yeah. The dysfunction goes in the body, right? Yeah, totally. And then that's the stuff that pops up later as a major health crisis. That's what, you know, when you get the big C diagnosis or you get whatever massive diagnosis later, that's been building for years and years and years. Right. And it hasn't yeah. been responded to. And then, yeah, yeah, it does. It gets bigger. It gets worse. It gets more painful. It screams out louder. Right. Yeah, because your body's like, hey, listen to me. Um, I always remember, you know, Oprah was talking about, you know, if life will throw you a pebble and then it throws you a bigger rock and then finally it's like a brick to the head. Yeah. Like you're not paying attention. Hello. <laughs> yeah, like you're not paying attention to these signals that I'm giving you. So yeah. it's like, yeah. And I talk a lot about um, the concept of getting to health, getting healthy, like people feel like it's this you know, town, right, that you're going to get to and you're going to live there like happily ever after. (laughs) And we all know it doesn't work that way because life isn't static. You know, we don't get to health and then there you are and ta-da, you've conquered the mountain. It's learning about resiliency. It's learning to respond Mm -hmm. when you see these pebbles and not the brick to the head. Yeah, I love that. Definitely. So I know that you do a lot of work with like mindset and like helping people like do the transformation. I know we're both transformational coaches, mm-hmm. so you really kind of work a lot with that, like reframing beliefs and things like that, right? Yes, absolutely. The more that I kind of dug into nutrition, the more I, I believe that it's super important, and I still talk a lot about it, but the more I kind mm-hmm. of started to understand how much energy is behind that and how food mm-hmm. is energy and how, like, everything kind of plays into this whole 
us as energetic fields living in like this world of energy. And it sounds really woo woo. And yet I feel that there's so much of sickness and whatnot that has to do with emotions. And I mean, we all know that stress causes issues in our body and um, just that whole energy side of it as well. And I think that the belief work really digs into that because there's so many like when you start to learn about the energy and they talk about how different diseases manifest in different parts of your body and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. I just find that so fascinating. I think that really the best way to access that is through the belief work and through kind of the more energetic side of things. And so kind of tag teaming on both sides where you get those healthy habits and healthy eating and, you know, lifestyle, really managing your stress. But you also dig into the belief work where you can really expand on your personal growth and also just start to release some of those that baggage that you've been holding on to. And oftentimes through my experience anyway, I found that I didn't even know I was holding on to. There's so much that gets dug up that you don't even know is there and you don't even know how confined you are until you see what's there. And that's where I guess the conscious living comes in is just being conscious of what you're holding on to so that you can make those intentional choices about whether you want that there or whether you're ready to release it. Yes. I love that. And, you know, I mean, I'm a huge, huge proponent of, you know, um, how emotions and how energy and, you know, all of that, like, affects our health because, like, in our practice, we work on the essential elements of whole health mm-hmm. method. It's something my husband and I um, created, and one of our elements is thoughts and emotions, and mm-hmm. it deals with, you know, the negative thought patterns. It deals with, um, you know, these emotional blocks and, like, kind of cellular memory, like yeah. how we've held on to that in our body, like, especially at times of trauma, your body, like, locks in a cellular memory mm-hmm. right then. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that trauma is a massive car wreck or a huge fight or a, a, an attack or something. But sometimes it's, you know, when you're five and something comes at you the wrong way from a parent, which wasn't even meant to be a trauma. Right. Um, it's just how we interpret it. And then, of course, addressing the energy system of the body because – you're right. It does sound sort of woo woo. And, you know, it sounds like, oh, we're talking about energy work and oh, crystals and this and that. And it's like, <laughs> it's like these are actually, you know, it's measurable. Like right. our body works on this level. We are electrical beings. Like that's why we can pick up our, um, you know, our frequencies and things mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah. And delving into, um, you know, essential oils and how essential oils have a frequency and can affect our emotions. And yeah, it, it's ab- absolutely measurable. Yeah, it's mind blowing. I was just reading an article yesterday and they were talking about a number of different studies. But one of them that they were talking about was I don't remember what it was called, but it's like that idea of when somebody walks into the room or or having somebody watching you and how you can feel that and just like mm-hmm. using that as an example of being able to interact with other people's kind of energy fields. And Mm -hmm. there are so many studies that have been done that are really statistically significant that show this in ways that we've all experienced, like when you're sitting in a room and you feel somebody kind of walk in behind you and even though you can't see them and it's just, it it makes you understand it even if it feels too woo-woo for you to kind of maybe buy into at that point. You can start to kind of see those examples of like, oh, I guess I do experience that, so... I can right. see how that so there's would be true. something there. Yeah, or people that you just, you know, maybe you're, especially in crowds, mm-hmm. you know, when you're up against all these different people, like if you're at the mall or you're at, like, some kind of tourist thing or whatever, it's like all these different people, you know, you can kind of, like, look at them and feel, at least I can. Yeah. <laughs> at least I can. It's like, okay, I want to talk to them or, no, I kind of want to stay away from them, mm-hmm. you know, or 
or whatever. Like, you might not know. It's not like a psychic thing where you're like, I know everything about them. It's just right. like you kind of get the sense of, yeah, they have sort of a welcoming, open energy, and this person is, you know, I don't really want to connect with them or they're not really open to connecting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and that's hard because, you know, I um, I came from a very physical um, manifestation of learning this because I was a massage therapist. And so when okay. you're, yeah, when you have your hands on someone else, mm-hmm. it's easy to pick up the energy. And, of course, part of my training after massage therapy was energy work and Reiki and, you know, all of these kind of things. So mm-hmm. I came to it through a very physical understanding and not just a mental like, oh, this is a concept and it's woo-woo and it's out there and, you know, it's yeah. stuff that we didn't grow up with. Um, so it was a little bit easier to sink in because I thought, well, of course, you know, I can feel it right. when I'm doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. And you got, once when you I'm feel like you can't it, deny it, it's. No. Exactly. Knowable. And just, well, yeah. And how, um, powerful that work really was. Mm-hmm. I mean, the changes that I saw in people, the way that we would connect the, the, um, yeah, things that do, would just come up that, you know, it was like, where did that come from? <laughs> Um, (laughs) and the shift in, uh, you know, with children or with animals, when you're doing energy work, you know, it's not like adults are sitting there going, oh yeah, we're going to say this story or say this thing. It was like, yeah, there was no way for that infant or that puppy or whatever to communicate, but yet they made this change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very cool. It's very important. And I love what you talked about is about that belief, you know, system sort of needing attention like I know that we've talked about before like in transformation coaching and all this it's like you could sort of give somebody the perfect everything right the perfect diet the perfect protocol the perfect you know here's exactly what you need to do Mm -hmm. to fix whatever's going on with you and yet that doesn't mean that they're going to pick it up and do it yeah and I mean that's yeah so it has to do with like sometimes the habits just don't take place and sometimes people are doing everything physically right but they're not healing. And mm-hmm. um, until you start to dig at those under layers, sometimes there's yeah. just something stuck there that is not going to shift until it gets noticed. Right. And sometimes, yeah, and, there's more on that energetic plane. Yeah. And sometimes you need, you know, that other person, that third party to kind of help you shine that light on it mm-hmm. because it's really hard sometimes to do that yourself. Right. Yeah. Even with the, the training that we've had, like a lot of this work, it's just not really doable on yourself to the same degree. No, no sure. because you've got your own stuff in the way, your own thoughts, your own whatever. And when you're like in that mindset, it's kind of like the problem can't be solved by the thinking that created it, mm-hmm. you know, like you're sort of in it. So you need that outside perspective to go, oh, hey, what about this or what about that? Or just keep you questioning the train of thought because our comfort zone is always where we want to run back to. So when Mm -hmm. we start, like, probing these things, it's like, ooh, that feels a little weird. I don't know. Do I think that? Am I sane? Is this real? Yeah. (laughs) It's good to have a sounding board. Well, and that makes me think just how much of our lives are, like, our version of our story, you know, how we saw everything going. And, yeah, when you have that interaction with somebody else, all of a sudden they ask you a question and you're like, huh. But but that's not how I wrote my story. That's not how it went. And then you realize the things that we've taken as fact for so long are not actually fact at all. Ooh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, because the, especially those those beliefs that were formed, you know, 
pre like six or seven when we're, you know, I mean, we're not pre-verbal at that time, but, you know, before we really have that, uh, you know, pre-verbal, like, you know, three and below, and then really like before seven, they say that we've sort of like in that trance state where you're taking everything in. Um, you know, and you're forming all of these beliefs about how the world works and how you belong in the world and whatever mm-hmm. that really may not be accurate. Right. And I think part of being at that level of consciousness is everything has equal weight. And so sometimes mm-hmm. things that as an adult don't feel important, you're not filtering them out in the same way when you're that young. And therefore, sometimes weird things have have these assumptions tied to them that get turned into these big patterns in our lives that were pretty, like, fairly meaningless at the time when you look back on it or like the assumptions that you made are so meaningful compared to what actually happened. I love that. That's powerful because you're right. Like in that state of consciousness where you're sort of like just recording everything that's coming in Mm -hmm. and you're not really filtering, you know, as a six or seven year old, then everything has the same weight. Yeah. So that offhanded comment or that joke or that whatever that wasn't supposed to mean anything and doesn't challenge your position or your love from your family or anything, you could have attached this, like, meaning of I'm not worthy or I'm, you know, whatever to it and be carrying that throughout your whole life. Yeah. Everything can tie back to that one moment that nobody else even remembers. (laughs) Right. Right. It wasn't actually that traumatic or whatever. Right. Somebody was crabby or tired or. That's amazing. And isn't it powerful to be able to help people dig through that and then, once that shifts, isn't it amazing to watch how much else shifts? It's so exciting. It's like everything sort of falls into place. Yeah. So there's the, yeah. the precept, I guess, that you would say from our program, how, how mm-hmm. you do one thing is how you do everything. And I think when you start to see that unravel where you start to undo one thing and all of a sudden everything else, yeah, it's crazy how everything is so interrelated that you don't even realize and how much beliefs tie into all of these parts of our lives, even though they were started in this area that was like focused on eating disorder or whatever. But all of a sudden when you release that, then there's like emotional implications. Yes. In your whole life. It's crazy. It is crazy. And you know, it just seems like there's, I always talk about people having different, you know, avenues, different pathways kind of into this world, into Mm -hmm. this, you know, sort of awakening and growth and whatever, because for some people it is a health crisis and they come in through food. For other people, they come in through thoughts and emotion, you know, work. For other people, they come in through discovering chemicals that are in their makeup and suddenly, oh, my gosh, their eyes are open to this whole other thing. And it trickles down to, like, everything you do. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it may start about the food or it may start, hey, I found this essential oil and it's amazing, but it really starts to grow and, like, let you question, like, you know, your your beliefs, your the way you look at the world, that, you know, maybe living more simply, being, you know, more connected, being in alignment. Yeah. Yeah. Simplicity was, like, a huge one for me. And yeah, me this too. kind of led to a lot of, like, the decluttering and all of that because that. I think once you start living consciously and like intentionally, it's so freeing to get to that point where you're just releasing everything that doesn't serve you like in your physical world and kind of mental, emotional, and really focus in on the things that are the most important because that's where you want your time and attention. Yeah. You know, I never really thought that possessions, that stuff, Mm -hmm. right, in my home was having like a mental weight on me because my home was 
you know, clean and organized and, well, fairly organized, you yeah. know, and uh, and it looked nice. It was well decorated, you know, like it didn't feel cluttery or crazy. Sure, I had the yeah. paper piles and I had, you know, whatever, you know, taxes were crazy files wherever, but uh, it didn't feel like a lot. Yeah. But once I started, like, once we, you know, for us, it was a big move. Yeah. We moved from Dallas to Connecticut and then later we moved to New Hampshire and had a farm. And then, of course, the major decluttering happened when we sold the farm to travel, but it was like in stages, like starting to realize, Hey, um, you know, I need to get rid of some of the stuff because we're going to move. Um, that I started realizing cleaning out cupboards and closets and all this stuff, how much lighter and more freeing it was Mm -hmm. even when it didn't feel cluttered before. Like I didn't know it was having that effect on me until it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, have you read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up? Yeah, I have, and it's incredible. Yeah. I'm totally – the one thing I don't have down yet are all my folding methods. Yeah. <laughs> um, but our life is pretty much con Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and awesome. uh, it is amazing, and I think it's so powerful. Again, like, that's a gateway for people as mm-hmm. they start getting rid of stuff. Maybe they, they start with cleaning out their closet and then, you know, and then the rest of their house, right? Mm-hmm. But then – that translates into, hey, what else, you know, maybe this junk food, maybe this whatever yeah. uh, can go to. Yeah, it's the beginning of questioning things, like you said. Mm-hmm. I think questioning mm-hmm. is huge. And once you realize that the system is not necessarily the system of, you know, the government and everything that we live in, it's not necessarily set up to optimize health and wellness and those no. types of things. And I think once people realize that, then they're like, oh, oh, maybe I should, instead of just following the directions, maybe I should look into whether that's something that I actually want to do or not because there are so many more choices than we even realize. There are so many people, myself included, who do so many things on autopilot without even realizing that there's a choice there. And I think that is where the power lies is once you realize, like, everything you do is a choice and you can choose to go along with it and sometimes that's a powerful decision and or you can choose to do something different if that is in better alignment with you who you are or your family or you know yes the choice yeah that's super powerful because that was one thing for us too is like we sort of had this awakening like again coming in through food coming in through whatever Mm -hmm. you know when you have searched for so long for healing like for me it was you know looking for healing in the allopathic the traditional medical community Mm -hmm. and it was like it wasn't coming yeah. And in fact, more problems were being created because I was on prescriptions that had side effects that had this, that had that, you know, I, I saw myself going through the mill yeah. of doctors and hospitals and, you know, procedures and tests. And I was, it was, it was craziness yeah. is what it was because nothing was getting to the root of what was going on. It was just insanity. Yeah. And, uh, but it was the way things are done, right? Yeah. This is what we do. We put you through these tests, we whatever. So when I went outside of that model and actually found healing in, you know, alternative whatever models, you know, like yeah. changing our diet, changing, you know, cleaning up our personal care products, addressing our mindset, like that totally rippled out to everything else. Because like you said, then you start questioning and it's like, well, if that was wrong, or yeah. not for me or whatever in this situation, because for some people that model may work, but for me it didn't, and for my family it didn't. And so to question all the things that we thought were kind of truth, mm-hmm. you know, this is the way things are and this is the order that you do things or whatever, um, 
was enormous. Yeah. And led to further healing, honestly. Yeah. And I think yeah. it always gets wrapped into kind of like, well, this is science. And I guess now I'm starting to see that science is catching up with a lot of the more holistic stuff as we get into epigenetics and a lot of those kind of areas. We're starting yeah. to see how all these other things really tie in from that scientific perspective where we didn't have that ammunition before to be able to say, well, maybe there's some pieces that are missing from this system. But also exactly. when you get to that questioning point, like then you can see those times when the more conventional medical systems could serve you because there are maybe times when that is the best option available to you but it's nice to know why you're choosing that and to know you know what landmarks you're looking for and just to know if it's successful or not as opposed to just trusting that the expert will tell you what to do and that it will work because for a lot of people it's not working otherwise we would have a much healthier society Right, exactly. And, you know, yeah, because I've never really demonized modern medicine. There's a huge amount of, you know, um, progress that's been made there and a lot amount of of life-saving and, mm-hmm. and a large amount of life-saving and things like that that have gone into it that people, you know, it's like I've always said, like, you're not going to get in a massive car wreck and, and you know, come to me to do energy work and put right. lavender oil on you and change your diet. <laughs> like <laughs> Positive thinking is not going to get you out of that one. It's not. not It's not. Yeah. (laughs) No. Right. It's going to play in later. Uh, But the crisis care at the moment. Right. Absolutely. We need that. And there's been massive, uh, you know, potential and growth and and everything made there. But, you know, I always laugh when when people talk about the studies and whatever, because now when I'm reading, I'm like, yeah, I've known that for 15 years, you know, or like (laughs) we've always (laughs) a lot of people have always known that. Like uh, what was one I saw last week? It said that studies had finally been done and scientists were able to prove that um, holding your baby is beneficial. (laughs) I love those. (laughs) There are a lot of those that get posted on Facebook. And it's like, well, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And I read it. it, Right. It was an actual study. And I'm thinking, uh huh. Yeah. Duh. Okay. <laughs> I think everybody anywhere, whether they've had a baby or not, sort of knows that. Yeah. Like, that's kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, there's stuff like that that you just have to look at and go, really? Somebody spent money on that or somebody challenged that or, uh huh. Right. Just like, you know, there's that whole fight over organic and, you know, is it, it's like, okay, let's just think about this for a minute. We spray toxic chemicals on food and eat it. And then we can measure the pesticide load in our body mm-hmm. or we don't have that load and we just eat food. It's like, is that, do people really <laughs> fight about that? I don't, I don't understand. So that's where you get into that, um, you know, sort of the layers of government and profit and this and that, like things, like you said, aren't necessarily set up. Uh, they aren't really rigged in our favor to keep us healthy and happy and whatever, mm-hmm. because I mean, all you have to look at really is the beauty industry, for one. Uh, And if we were all thought to be enough, as we are, uh, that industry would kind of go away. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or a lot of the deceptive marketing uh, would go away. You know, of course, we want to take care of ourselves and we want to uh, look beautiful and feel beautiful and feel, you know, authentic and all of that. But the messages that come out are you're not enough without our product Mm -hmm. uh, would definitely cease to exist. Yeah, so true. So a lot of people would lose money, so people are pretty invested in keeping us feeling less than. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we continue to do that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, with the governmental side, it's partly that 
there's all this systematic stuff, like you said, where there's just money involved and they're, they're just not invested in making the right choice sometimes because it's not necessarily financially beneficial. And just the education side is totally lacking. They, I mean, it's in their benefit for us to not know what's going on so that they can make right. all the shots. And there's a lot of power there too, just knowing what's going on, what you're choosing, what goes into whatever products that you're using or consuming or whatever. Yeah. Well, we talk a lot about being a conscious consumer and being a conscious world citizen because mm-hmm. You know, that's, in fact, one of our elements, the last element, connections, is all about that, being a conscious consumer and having a conscious cultural mindset, because it is so important to be aware and be mindful of your personal choices and how that ripples out, you know, whether it's buying organic food and and then the workers aren't exposed to that and the environment's not exposed to that and ecosystem, you know, animals in the fields are are living better and all that. I mean, it ripples out. So ever, we're not just talking about us and our, and our children and the pesticide load in our body. Yes, that's enormous, Mm -hmm. but it ripples out to all these other things. And when we talk about living simply and decluttering and, and being more minimal in maybe our wardrobes or whatever, that's going to ripple out massively too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you think about that shirt, you think about one piece of clothing. Yeah. And how that, you know, I think I saw a, a video on this recently, and I'll put it in the show notes. I know people multitask while, uh, while they're listening. So on realfoodwholehealth.com, under podcasts, under episodes, just click on this episode, and you'll find the links for everything we talk about, the books, the websites, all that stuff will be there in the show notes. But, yeah, I saw this video, and it was talking about, like, you find this shirt on sale for, like, $5.00 at like a major chain and then, you know, you buy it because why not? You kind of like it, but whatever you wear it like a couple times and then it just sort of disappears. And then you do a big con Marie or whatever and clean out all your stuff and it's, it goes and it's like, where does it go? Yeah. And how much went into that? How many resources, you know, went into that? How many um, people were underpaid or mistreated, or, I mean, basically slave labor in some yeah. of these uh, industries. Probably most of them, yeah. Probably most of them, yeah. And it's like, you know, trying to um, just pick quality pieces yeah. that will serve you for years to come has a much lower impact than buying all this junk on sale you're only going to wear a few times. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you dig into the layer of, like, trying to buy ethically produced items, that's whole other ball game that gets really tricky it gets really tricky because even yeah. by handmade you don't know where the fabric came from like there are when you're talking about clothing and bags and you know those kinds of things especially like there's the raw materials as well as the actual production yes and it gets tricky i mean you just have it's to make the best choices you can and i guess by minimizing that's already helping but exactly exactly and you know I mean it can be kind of crazy making and you can feel like this guilt over everything that you own or buy or whatever you know and it's like we don't want to go there we don't want to you know have that stress like taking a toll on our lives either but we just need that awareness so that we can just have a moment of pause before we make that purchase and go hmm you know what do I really think about this this little two dollar uh, Fleur de Lis statue from Ross, you know, do I really need this for my mantle or, <laughs> or can I do without it? You know? And it's like, I, I talk about, you know, in our change one thing challenge, I talk about 
making very simple shifts that like in industries that are commonly known for abuses, you know, like coffee and tea and chocolate and sugar, where slave labor has been employed and is still employed throughout the country, I mean, throughout the world, um, you know, making choices to buy the organic, buy the fair trade, like it's not that much more. Yeah. And it's not that much harder to find and it can make a big difference. Yeah. Just that one little thing. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So it's really keeping what you can do in your in your sphere and in your daily life without going insane. Yeah. Um, but really being mindful. And I think that's the hu- the biggest part is mindfulness. Yeah. And yeah, I think we, we can't always take on everything like you said. So starting one place and kind of layering it. Yeah. Is really powerful. Yeah, because then I mean, if I would have gone back if I could go back seven eight years whatever when I started making all these drastic changes and you know living in a suburban neighborhood and and eating a standard American diet and everything I did was pretty much like quote unquote the standard you know I thought this is our house you know we've you know done the standard school college you know job marriage working on kids Mm -hmm. you know it was like we're going to have this house and we're going to pay it off and then we're going to retire. And then that's when we can finally live. You know, like I had all these, (laughs) which is funny now as we're on a two year road trip, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) But back then, you know, if you would have even talked to me about some of this, like it would have blown my mind because I was struggling just to put a meal on the table or start, you know, like with my health issues, just microwaving something from Sam's was like what I could do. Yeah. So it really is about starting somewhere, making a small change and like learning as you go and just keeping yourself open Mm -hmm. to the new information coming in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's always another level that you can go to. And it's amazing how once you kind of commit yourself to that line of thinking and that process, how things will find you too. I feel like I'm always one to like really dig in and like be trying to, go get the information and like hunt it down kind of. And I think it's like overkill because there's so much of this information that will just be attracted to you as you need it, as you're ready for it. If you just kind of make that mental, emotional shift to just be committed to the process. It's so true. And you know, I'm kind of the same way and like, I'm always consuming as much information as possible. (laughs) Uh, But that's why we do what we do, right? That's why we're the coaches. But um because other people don't want to do that and they don't want to spend their time doing that. And that's fine. They just want to come to us and have us say, Hey, here's what to do. And they want to live their lives and do what they're passionate about. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's so important to realize that like in the beginning, when you start making these shifts, whether it is food or it's mindset or it's whatever, it feels hard and it feels kind of icky sometimes, or it feels kind of like, oh, my God, you know, I don't know how to do this. It's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But then it, like, snowballs, and it gets so much easier, Mm -hmm. and things come so much faster. Yeah. And then results happen, like, in a snap. And you look back and go, oh, my God, really? That was it? Yeah. That's all I had to do. I just had to change my diet and look at all these results, or I just had to, you know, remove that crazy thought I had when I was seven, and look what happened. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then you can go on to the other layers of, you know, now how do I go over into third world countries and volunteer? And, you know, yeah. I mean, like you can go where you want to go with it. Right. Because you create, I like this whole picture of mental white space. And I feel like that's kind mm-hmm. of what we're creating in our life. Like there's a lot of decluttering that we have to do to create this mental white space where we can start to put, plant the seeds of what we want to be growing. And so many of us are we have so many things growing that we didn't plant there. It's just like all these weeds from society that have been kind of thrown in there. And it's so packed that we can't even think straight. And so by kind of weeding the garden and clearing out the stuff physically, mentally, emotionally, then all of a sudden we have all this space and time and energy to be able to creating, to be creating more of what it is that we truly want in this lifetime, which generally is not the same as what we're being handed. I absolutely love that and totally agree because, um, yeah, we talk a lot about getting rid of the noise mm-hmm. uh, because it is just this, like you said, it's all these seeds and weeds that we didn't even put there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's overwhelming. And it's like I see that a lot with people that are dealing with health challenges and trying to claw their way out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're reading all these websites and they're, you know, researching books and they're going to different practitioners and it's like, mm-hmm overwhelm information overwhelm uh and they really have to stop and sort of look i know when i I did a a podcast call with jessica bischoff who's another um ntp and i'll put a link to that podcast on the show notes but she talked a lot about um really kind of developing your own um kind of inner not guidance but just like kind of your belief system where you can take other things and weigh it up like, okay, does this fit in with me or not? Does this fit in with my world outlook or not? Mm -hmm. So you could easily like take in new information, say, yeah, does this resonate with my lifestyle? Yes or no? Okay. Then I'm moving on. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. That's like a huge part of what I do in my coaching and also kind of just my experience going through is there's so many of us are so bogged down with everything that we don't have time to really stop and think about what we're wanting to create and so we have all this passive life being set for us because we haven't really set any kind of intention of what it is that we actually want to be creating or what we want and that's huge with moms too they have so much of their energy and um, so much of themselves being given to other people that you know they come to a coaching session and it's like what would you like to be experiencing right now and they're like I don't know I don't know what I want I don't know what I want to be <laughs> right I don't even know what I like anymore so how would I know what I want to create and just yeah, I think that's a huge part of the process is just knowing what you want to create, too, because if you don't have that, you can declutter, but you don't know what to put there. Right, right. Yeah, you have the white space, but you don't know what to write on the board. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, that's huge because a lot of people say, you know, you don't – you you'll never get there if you don't know where you're going. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right. When we get overwhelmed and we get, you know, especially, like you said, with becoming a parent and sometimes dealing with extra challenges you didn't even anticipate, um, you do just kind of go into survival mode. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I even get sleep and take a bath and whatever, you know, like and put food on the table and keep this little thing alive? You know, it's yeah. like... let alone get to this other side of, you know, what I want to create and where I want to go. And so I I love that you do this work with moms to really help them dig back to what is at their core they really want and what they want for their families. Because, Mm -hmm. again, like we talked about in the beginning, it ripples down to the children as well. Mm -hmm. So much. Yes. 
and how amazing it is for parents to be able to gift that mindset and that environment to their children because then a lot of that passivity mm-hmm. isn't learned. A lot of that stuff isn't passed on. They don't get as many weeds in their garden mm-hmm. um, because we already helped curate the home. Right. And yeah, yeah they've been led through the, the process. There was a quote that was given at the last coaching conference. So the last time I went to the transformational coaching method um, conference, I actually got to be coached um, by one of the head people, and it was amazing. But one of the um, quotes that came out of it was something along the lines of, there's no burden greater than the unlived, lived, unlived life of one's parent. And so just the mm-hmm. idea of how much of a burden it is to our kids when we do not listen to ourselves and take the time for ourselves to really live the life that our desires are telling us we have in us and how burdensome that is for them and how that gets kind of passed on as a pattern. There's so much on the cellular level that kind of gets passed on and on and on. And we don't want that for our kids. We don't want that for our families. We don't want that for the future of our planet. Like there's nothing that's good about that and being able to use that as if we need something to like take the guilt away for just a moment so that we can do that thing for ourselves, whatever it might be, like let that be it. Because how profound is that, that, that we don't want to be giving that burden to our children and to that next generation. That was like a punch to the gut for me. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm kind of having that here too. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) like I'm just taking a moment to let that settle because it's so enormous. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. And like you said, like, I know a lot of people, again, back to the woo, but, you know, where the energy gets passed down, mm-hmm. cellular memory gets passed down to our children, and it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, if the if you have not lived your life and you have not dealt with your own junk, mm-hmm. um, the kids are going to pick that up and they're going to take on some of that yeah. for you yeah, and have to deal with that as well as their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I know we see a lot, you know, when we do family work or constellation work or whatever, there's all these different modalities out there, but it's like how that accrues over generations. And then Mm -hmm. finally you kind of have like somebody that has to like go back and heal all the family junk. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, like I didn't come from a background of trauma. I had a very happy childhood and it was mind blowing to go through that process and see the baggage that I had from trying to protect my parents and, you know, caretake people who didn't need my caretaking. Like like when you come from a background of trauma, it's really easy to see how that would affect where you are now. But when there Mm -hmm. wasn't trauma there, it's hard to believe that there are that many really profound things that are steering your life that, you know, where your caretaking parents or other adults that don't really need it. And you're continuing to do that kind of through your life to like, prove your affection or prove your love or prove your worthiness in just these ways that are, I don't know, so much deeper than I ever could have imagined, given that I didn't have that traumatic background. It didn't even, it's hard to even comprehend until you go there and you're like, wow. Who knew? Yeah. That's mind blowing. And how it's been affecting you and how it steered your choices. And yeah, huge. It's huge. And I, I love that you, 
are, are shining a light on that right now because I know I, I can almost feel somebody listening being like, whoa, light bulb, mm-hmm. um, that that's an issue for them and that they need to, like, do some growth on that and do some investigating because, like you said, if you come from trauma, you kind of have that, like, hey, something wasn't right. I really needed, you know, there's something there, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but when you haven't come through a parent drama or whatever, that there's still uh, some stuff there. Yeah. That needs to be cleared. And for me, it was like this burden of like, what's wrong with me? Why am mm-hmm. I not happy in this moment? Like, I have everything that I wanted. And what what is wrong with me that I can't enjoy what I have? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's super powerful. And like we said, like, once you kind of go there and shine the light on those things and rearrange those beliefs and clear different things that aren't serving you, how quickly progress and change happens yeah. and things fall into place that weren't falling into place before. Mm-hmm. Even when you think you're doing all the right stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's so huge. I love it. I mean, that's, that really is honestly why we developed our essential elements method because we saw time and time again that, I mean, pretty much every client that we've ever worked with would come to us already having made some diet and some lifestyle changes, you know, and they were like, why am I not getting the results? And it was like, okay, we have to go through these other factors and figure out what's going on. Are there toxins? Are there, you know, is your digestion not working properly? Your hormones messed up? Like, you know, what, what do we need to do on that level? But then what's going on with thoughts and emotions? What's going on with the connections in your life? Are you, you know, feeling inspired? Are you feeling connected? Do you have a purpose? Like, you know, this stuff was way out there, but it was affecting so many mm-hmm. people time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't hear about that in our culture enough. We don't think that that's even a part of our wellness. Some people never even think about, mm-hmm. you know, how we connect with people or, you know, are we having a purpose? Are we feeling inspired? Are we feeling, you know, um, how are our thought patterns? Have we locked in emotions from long ago? That's very foreign to many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a lot, again, with that, similar to what you said about kind of the medical system, food system, and just like we we think that disease is just kind of a part of life or, you know, aging and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I think it's true with beliefs and with um, just general happiness and um pursuing what it is that you love a lot of people feel like you know there's a few special people who get to do that and the rest of us just kind of have to suffer through until retirement and then hopefully someday we get to retire and then like have a real life Mm -hmm. and I think that's just so infiltrated like throughout the whole culture and how we just kind of reframe that maybe it's not so bad you know, I don't have it as bad as so-and-so. I may not be happy. Right. I may not be this. I may not be that. But, you know, I'm not homeless or I'm not whatever. I'm just kind of kind of trying to downplay where mm-hmm. they're at and not realizing I, there's a lot of baggage that comes along with that, too, because that's also, you know, part of an unli- unlived life is not paying attention in all of those areas like purpose and passion and those things that really make you alive because it's one thing to be healthy, but if you're not actually using that health to further your purpose or your um, passions in your life, then it's kind of pointless. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's exactly why we've done 
what we've done. I mean, that was for us like such a huge shift Mm -hmm. in thinking of, yeah, because we thought the same thing, like, oh, we're going to have this traditional path. And when we retire, we can travel. And when we, you know, and we saw it was actually observing our parents, both Matt's parents and my parents, and they were at that retirement age Mm -hmm. and they weren't (laughs) able to go and do, you know, because of health challenges, because of, you know, their parents' health challenges, because of their responsibilities, you know, how much stuff they had, the the property they owned, the upkeep, this and this and this, right, you know, or that they weren't really ready to be fully retired, that the income wasn't really there to go do this. Like, there were so many blocks in why they couldn't do what they wanted to do, and we saw, like, uh uh-oh, uh oh, <laughs> yeah. You know we're not always promised that, and yeah. we thought, you know, we better do it now. We better do it now. I love that. Um, that and it was it. just so, yeah. It's been amazing, and 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 you know, I I hear from a lot of people. It's it's funny when you kind of live outside of the traditional box. Like some people don't really like it. They don't understand it. They're jealous of it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's triggering in them mm-hmm. what they need to pay attention to what they want to be shifting in their own life, you know? And I hear from people like some people are really happy, like this is amazing. And I love seeing the pictures and I'm really excited. And then yeah. some people are like, they've hidden my feed on Facebook because they can't, they don't want to see what we're doing. They don't want, you know, they're at work and they don't want to see that we're doing whatever. I mean, we work too. Right. right? But we're doing it a different way, but it's like, uh, I know that it's because they want to do some aspect of that and not, not necessarily travel, but that there's some part of them. Yeah. Some part, right. The freedom Mm -hmm. that they need to overcome and that they need to break through because it is triggering to see. So, and then I have this all the time myself where you see like somebody's, Oh, they're succeeding or they had this or that. And it's like, I'm so happy for them and I want to celebrate that success with them and it makes me want to aspire to that too. But there's yeah. been times when it was a trigger and I'm like, oh, and I had that moment of like jealousy, yeah. but I realized, oh, hey, that's not about them. No. Like they can have that. There's That's a scarcity mindset, right? Yeah. You got to go to the abundance mindset and go, they can have theirs and I can have mine too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And it's like, why is this making me turn inward and look at myself? And I think that that perspective that able to kind of be that observer in your life that's a huge yeah like skill that's yeah being able to step back and being like whoa what was that I just got really pissed there what just happened because Mm -hmm. there's something under that and right I think that was really powerful to me too one of the kind of steps in my journey was discovering Shafali Sabri. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her name right as a conscious parent she wrote the book the conscious parent Mm, okay yeah parent thing kind of as that lens because it's such it's the perfect vehicle kids have the best tools (laughs) for taking their parents off and like really triggering them and I think grasping onto that and really using that in your Mm -hmm. personal growth journey is so powerful and if you have a challenging kid it's like the same thing on crack because they will throw so much at you and you will either flounder and like struggle to survive which is kind of where I started out or you will grow so fast and so great in such a short amount of time because you will get triggered so much. And there is so much information when you start to really dig underneath it. And it's, it's 
you know, flipping over those stones and figuring out, wow, I just stepped back from that moment. I almost exploded there. What was that about? Because all mm. she did was like color a crayon on the wall or something. It's like, wow, that's right. not really that big a deal. So um, why am I going ballistic right. over this? Yeah. Why am I going to de- change a relationship? Yeah. Why am I? Yeah, exactly. And I exactly. And I think that that's huge. And that is the skill that, you know, when people work with a coach, like I know that that's something you help your clients yeah. like do yeah. is to be able to get that skill and that perspective because, you know, I know in the transformational coaching, it's like we always talk about, you know, your greatest challenges are sort of your, your greatest gifts mm-hmm. as well. Um, and, you know, when you were talking about right then, when you were talking about, you know, you can either flounder or you, and I was thinking what a gift mm-hmm. it is to have that opportunity to grow because you've got this little adorable, fabulous child yeah. that is triggering you over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, that's how we grow. That's our growth is a response to stimulus. And so it's like, man, you can just go through the rafters really fast, yeah. but you have to frame it in that way yeah. and you have to look at it through that lens. Otherwise you will flounder and be overwhelmed. And I think a lot of people choose to be the victim. And I think that I chose that role for a long time. And when you choose to be the victim, then you choose to not grow. Like you can't be a victim and choose the growth path. It doesn't, they don't work together. So you have to make that intentional choice to be able to step back and really learn the lessons that are there as opposed to just observing it as, why me? <laughs> I love that. When you're choosing to be the victim, you're choosing not to grow mm-hmm. because they can't coexist. So when you flip the script mm-hmm. and you say, all right, I'm taking control here. I'm not going to be the victim. I'm going to look at this through a new lens. Yeah. Then that's when growth can really take off. Yeah. And it's that's usually huge. pretty rapid at that point, I, th- I find. Yeah. It's like when you shift these things, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It, it it really rocket propels you like yeah. forward. Yeah. That's incredible. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Lindsay. This thank has you. just been amazing. And, you know, I just love you to pieces. We've been able to jam on like all my favorite stuff. Yeah, me too. I love that we're on <laughs> Who the same, same page so much. Yes. That's awesome. All right. Well, again, Lindsay from lindsayrobin.com. Again, on the show notes, I will have all the links to all of Lindsay's goodness, her coaching, her blog. She's got recipes on there, all kinds of great stuff at realfoodwholehealth.com under podcasts under episodes just click this episode and you'll get all the links Lindsay thanks again for being here today I really appreciate it yeah thank you great all right take care honey thanks so much for joining us today and please remember to leave us an iTunes review also head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies discounts updates and more See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.